Manor. Hello and welcome to Tip Manor Podcast. We're back after a few weeks off, which seems to be our cadence these days. Um, as we haven't done a pod for so long, we've got loads of stuff to talk about, including games versus Blackpool, Northampton, Lincoln, Sunderland and Accrington, but we'll probably just breeze over some of them. Um, but there's also been stuff in the boardroom around takeovers and stadiums and stuff uh, some finance updates from tim davis there's lots of transfer and squad talk that we can start having uh, looking ahead to next season and we'll probably try and look at the run-in ask some difficult questions of each other and then preview crew at some point in there as well in terms of who we got we've got me james we've got ben hi ben hi james how are you i am tremendous thanks ben how are you I'm also tremendous. Lovely stuff. Uh, we got we got Tony, Wagwan, Tony, Wagwan. Um, yeah, you know, just living life. Yeah, just yeah. Wagwan's Cutslow, isn't it? That's how we talk in Cutslow. Well, I, yeah, I grew up in Cutslow, and I don't ever remember saying Wagwan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Connor, how do you greet people in um, Botley? <laughs> It's definitely not Wagwan. <laughs> something a bit posher. I don't know. Hello, old chum. Something like that. Well, that's not, actually, that's, not, that's about... North Hinksy. That's not Botley. Botley's a bit rougher than North Hinksy. So maybe it's Wagwan in about... Botley. Maybe. Yeah. When I think about Botley, I think of Toys R Us. Wasn't oh, there good. a big Toys R Us? Yeah, that's long gone yeah. now, mate. That's a, that's a um, B&M now on the Botley Road. That's yeah. a shame. No, no, it's not B&M. No, it's not. Home Bargains, rather. Home bargains, yeah. There, there you, go. you go. For all your podcast listeners, if you need to pop down to Botley Road, you know, <laughs> pop into Aldi. It's, it's bargains. Ad- <laughs> lots of free advertising going there on is. at the moment, isn't there? <laughs> right. I wonder if we can get any of them spots. What, a, stra- what a strange start to a podcast that was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where should we start? We're going to hop about a bit. I think let's talk about the actual football and then we'll come back to news and stuff. Um, Blackpool, we lost at home 2-0. It was shite, and uh, that's about all we need to say about that game. Let's move on to Northampton <laughs> away. I think we should talk a little bit about this one. So we, we went into this, obviously, on the back of um, Blackpool game, and this Tony, this was kind of a must-win, wasn't it, when we were all sat there on a Tuesday night watching this, just thinking they're not very good. We should be winning this game. Yeah, exactly, and... You're looking at well, you say they're not very good. You're looking at their position in the league and thinking, you know, we need to be getting three points against this lot. But I think their recent form had had picked up a bit, so perhaps maybe in hindsight not quite as surprising. But yeah, I mean, we needed to win that one, didn't we? And we didn't. It was sad. I think we had a good chance early on. Ben, you've just gone back and watched, gone through back through the highlights because this is a while back, but. Atkinson had a good chance, cleared off the line, looked like it might have gone in, but Prague definitely understand why it wasn't given. But then beyond that, um, we just didn't really do much. And the thing that stuck with me is that we had two holding midfielders on the pitch. We started with Grayson and Gorin. And the main thing that I'm thinking about here is KR's reaction after the game. He didn't really acknowledge the kind of, do I dare say arrogant lineup or like our team set up um but maybe you know sometimes you know he doesn't grace himself particularly well in interviews what do you reckon yeah it was it was like a combination of arrogance and too much respect at the same time the arrogance of the the lineup but also too much respect 
in terms of the defensive nature of the lineup when it's a team that we should be going for, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. And Ben, what do you reckon? <laughs> I mean, even even though it was a defensive lineup, we didn't defend very well, and that was part of the frustration. And as with KR's comments after the game, sometimes you just think, did you watch the same game that we've just watched? You know, just just tell it as it is. Even if you've got to, you know, say a few things that you might not want to say about certain players or the overall team play, but just make it seem like you you know, you've, you know what's wrong. You've got a plan in mind. When you just say, oh, you know, it was. It wasn't my selection. It was just one of those games. I thought we dominated the game, even if we didn't, those kind of things. It is frustrating, which I don't think helped yeah. our mood after that game. And Connor, like KR said in previous interviews, that we've got to have a big club mentality going forward. And back to the whole thing. I think he one of the other comments he said after the game was the game plan was to keep it a nil-nil until 60-odd minutes and then press on from there. I mean, two holding midfielders and that coming out was a bit of a shock, I think, to some of the fan base, hence the dramatic reaction. Yeah, it was to me as well. I mean, I went for a walk um, the day after with one of my friends who's also an avid Oxford fan, and we were having a chat about it. And we were just... We were just fuming at the end of it because it's just everything you've just said there about, you know, you set up so defensively, trying to... Uh, you know, not concede for sixty minutes and then try and catch a team out. I mean, that's how is that a game plan against a team like Northampton? You know, maybe perhaps a team in the it, well, no, to be honest with you, in my opinion, that's not the way you play a game of football. Not, not, not our team. Not that squad that we have. You don't play in that yeah. in that manner. Um, you know, we've got some really great attacking options at the top of the pitch. You play to their strengths. You know, we've got two fantastic centre backs, and obviously when Longy's fit and stuff and, and Ruffles, you know, we've got a really solid back four. You know why? <laughs> Why would you set up so defensively against a team like Northampton and then try and you know nick it in the final half hour? I mean, I don't understand that. I mean, obviously, I'm not a, um, I'm not a coach. I don't, I don't pretend to be one and have the same knowledge as KR does. But I, I can't get my head around that decision. And it was just such. I mean, it's just such a shit performance. It really, really wound me up that game. Um, I've dropped an S bomb, which is the first swear word I've used in ages on these podcasts. So don't yeah, point your finger at me, well. James. I've done really well. It's, it's actually you that's been swearing the most, but yes. I am going to drop the shit bomb because it was it was awful and it really really well, wound me up that game. So there you go. There's my rant already over. But I'll probably have another rant a bit later on when we talk about another game. Yeah, I, it's, the other thing that's just come to we need to move on from this in a second because really <laughs> we, we do. Yeah. Start. Like there was the whole <laughs> thing my about blood the pressure is. My blood pressure's just shot through the roof, James. Did you mention this? <laughs> KR said um, before the game, like, you know, when he does his pre-match chatter with Radio Oxford about the lineup and stuff, he even was specifying, like, Aji sitting a bit more central, Ford playing as, like, a auxiliary right winger. Um, and I was just like, how is any of this going to play out? And it, none of it did play out. But the only other comment that really did my head in, I, I know it was, like, an analogy, but you just mentioned, like, Northampton being going to the lion's den or something and it just really stuck with me i was like god yeah. come on you don't have meat in your pocket when you're going to the lion's den that was it wasn't it yeah it was, I mean, which no, is a I weird just... thing to say anyway but i mean i i was mostly annoyed uh, we will move on in a second i know but i was mostly annoyed <laughs> about the performance because they they outfought us I, I, they looked like they wanted one to win more, yeah. more than we did which is very frustrating James, you, you came up with the best line. You just called it niggly bollocks football at one point. And that's what it was. It was just a scrappy <laughs> game. And they were yeah. fighting harder. Yeah, I wrote that down because I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I like that you've written that down and saved it till now. That's very nice. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. A, it was a shamble. It was mega frustrating watching that, and the game like ebbed out, didn't it as well? Um, right. On a more positive note, though, we then went and played Lincoln on TV on Sky, which obviously meant we were going to lose, but we didn't, and we won. And it didn't look that way after three or four minutes when they just kind of waltzed through midfield with no challenging. You know, they'd already done it like a minute earlier, then they just did it again, strolled through, kicked the ball about half a mile an hour, and it just squirmed in. You're just thinking, oh my God. But to be fair, from that point onwards, I thought, Tony, we were brilliant in that game, like the whole yeah. way for the rest of the match. Like, yeah, deserved to win, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. And, and to Connor's point, you know, we went for it in this game and we attacked and it worked. Um, and we did have Brannigan as the, the holding midfielder. You know, there wasn't a Gorin or a Grayson there and that probably you know that probably was what caused us to concede the first goal Brannigan maybe not quite switched on defensively but ultimately you know we won the game because we we went for him and we played the better football yeah and we played both Henry came back didn't he after yeah um being injured like I think he said in the post-match that he trained once and he was thrown straight in for a centre midfield start alongside Brannigan and Sykes played in a 10 and Sykes did really well and in that position Henry was man of the match so it's just weird thinking back we've changed our lineup Ben so many times like every game you don't know what's coming really and I know we've got injuries and people coming back and stuff but it's weird looking back now because I haven't thought about this since the game I think when you look back at that lineup and you've got Brannigan Henry and Sykes in a kind of more advanced central role with Shadipo and Barker on the flanks like it worked really well, and the press was really good for the whole game as well. But have we have we started with that team? I don't know. Maybe we have. I don't remember. You lose track. It's a good point, though. It seems every game that front six hasn't. It seems like it's it's always changing. Either they're switching sides, or the wingers are changing, or he's fiddling with the midfield three. Whereas you know that rotation's good, but that kind of thing, it's not going to produce results consistently if players don't know where they're playing one week from the next. And I think it helps if you've got somebody like Henry in that midfield role. He just offers so much more and allows people like Sykes to really press on, push forward and be a bit more creative in his game. Whereas if Sykes is yeah. in that midfield role, I feel like he he's not as keen to go forward because he feels he needs to cover the defence. For sure. I still can't work out Sykes or what KR thinks of him. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of players know. like that, haven't we, where you look at them and you don't quite know what their best position is. Yeah. Connor, how are you feeling about Mark Sykes? Um I think my with him. Yeah, my, my hesitance I think probably speaks volumes. Um I still I still think he's a, a good player and I still think he's got potential and I still think, you know, we should keep hold of him. Um I I, I do think he's better further up. I think the number ten role is kind of where he, he kind of thrives a bit more. Um, especially when he can um come if, come sorry, come in off one side. So obviously you can kind of drift out and then come in. Um, yeah. I think if you've got a player like Elliot Lee, who's in the team, uh, perhaps, you know, in this lineup, for example, playing on the right, him in the middle and then Barker on the left, I think that's kind of a, a good a good medium for Sykes because Spark, uh, sorry, Lee and Sykes both have the ability to play out wide and also play in the hole. So I think they'd complement each other quite well, as long as they didn't get in each other's way, obviously. But that would be something to work on on the training ground. But yeah, I mean, I still like Sykesy, but I'm just not as infatuated with him as I was probably a year ago. 
But that might be something to do with the fact I don't live in Northern Ireland anymore as well, because it was probably, it was, you know, it was a little bit of a, yeah. a strange attachment at the time, but I'm not there anymore. So, and also, hang on, one, one, one very quick thing, yeah, yeah. sorry. Also, he doesn't play for Northern Ireland anymore, so he's a bit of a traitor, really, because he's gone to Ireland, hasn't he? I don't, yeah. Yeah, he has, yeah. He's, he's changed a lot. Yeah, yeah, it is very controversial. <laughs> I don't mean that in any political <laughs> terms, so if there's any Irish fans listening. <laughs> No, but he still wants to. He's, he's he wants to move, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe he just likes O'Dowd or something. Just wants to be close to him. <laughs> yes. Sorry, James. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> um, I was just talking about consistency of lineup. We then went to Sunderland away after beating Lincoln two-one, and I think we pretty much played the exact same team apart from Ruffles picked up that injury against. Um, Lincoln, so Hansen, um, I think, came across to left back. Ford was right back, but same kind of front six, if you want to call it that, in a sense. Um, but maybe Sykes not playing in that kind of ten type role. Um, who was in charge? Who was the ref in this game, lads? I don't remember. Um, Trevor Kettle, we might as well talk about it now. Chaos just said in the five minute fans forum. Something along the lines of he's if Trevor Kettle's ever refereeing a game, he's going to sit in the dugout. I'm just like, come on, pal. Like, <laughs> I I know the point you're trying to make, but I don't know. You you're, you're there for the team, aren't you? You need to like be a bit more. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, just, he just needs to let it go. I think stop digging a hole and let it go. Yeah, he's I made, think it's he's a made, made, a he made a bit of a fool of himself. Oh, Tony, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, the whole headbutting thing, I didn't like, you know, the, the talking about calling the police and then not calling the police. Like, if something serious enough has happened to justify that, then then do it. Um, but if it hasn't, then just get on with it. It's a game of football. I was a bit embarrassed by that, to be honest. After the game, yeah. yeah. The, all the After focus the suddenly became yeah. about this thing. And it was like, even Radio Oxford weren't sure whether to like blow it up or is this going to be a big news story going yeah. forward? Is this a big... It's like... I don't know. I, um, I think it was a cover-up tactic, to be honest with you, because the performance was pretty shit again. And it's just another one of those things. I don't, that, know. Oh, I don't uh, know. We we played well in this game. Like, we were... We, we deserve... You have to think we were down to 10 men after, what, 60-odd minutes. And then we were 1-0 up. They equalised, what, 47th minute or something? And we were, you know, it was so such a bad time to concede a goal. And Hansen got absolutely done by... um What's his face? get their right winger um but you got done on the right hand side and then it was just like a tap in wasn't it but as soon as that went in you start to think oh. i'll reframe um, rephrase it ship result it was a cover-up for a ship result <laughs> we still lost at the end of the day but i i still you, can, you can't go away to sunderland and like i don't know <laughs> well we've always said this though haven't we we've always said this if you're going to get promoted and you want to and you want to stay in around the playoffs, you have to beat the teams above you as well, and we didn't. So I think off the back of the Lincoln match, if we could have got a point um, at Sunderland, oh, yeah. then that would have been that would have been a good result. And we definitely we uh, you know going down to ten men is it's going to be difficult, isn't it, when they're on on such good form? So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's uh, if it's Robinson trying to cover anything. Else. I think with Robinson, we know what he's about by now, don't we? Which is that he runs his mouth off, and he's particularly got a tendency to do that after we've lost when he's frustrated you know but I don't think there's anything sinister in it he's just he's just a passionate man isn't he and sometimes sometimes he takes it a bit too far yeah yeah 
I think he likes the meat. You know, sometimes when he's in one of those interviews, he just kind of gets a bit carried away. And I don't know. It's like the tone of the voice and everything. But yeah, I'd, I'd rather have a passionate manager than like the, you know, Kenny Jacket. Um, <laughs> the, beaver. the first goal was... Yeah, the beaver. The... <laughs> The first goal, our goal, sorry, was just amazing in this game. Well, Barker went marauding through the middle of the pitch. I remember shouting, um, wrong pass, wrong pass, as soon as he played it through to Henry on the right-hand side, because Shadipo was in acres on the left. And then didn't Henry, Ben, hit it, like, first time? I don't think I could believe it when it went in. It was amazing. Yeah, he was just perfectly angled into that bottom corner on the opposite end. And the camera angle, that you sort of, it didn't look like it was obviously going in. It was just still laughing at you shouting wrong pass and he's going, Oh on, it's got in. That's a good really yeah. good finish. And I think that's that's what Henry can do. You know, nine times out of ten he either gets blocked or goes high wide and not very handsome, but he does pull those kind of finishes out the back from outside the box. Yeah. having Henry back and on form Connor is brilliant, isn't it? Because he had quite a slow start to the season. He's been hasn't been that noticeable in the side or that influential and you know the last few seasons he's been our standout player hasn't he and he's pulled us out of some really tough positions but yeah you know he's come back and he's he's flying yeah he definitely looks like he's kind of picked up a bit of form towards the end of the season um again it's it's a tough injury for him to come back from as well you know hamstring it was a hamstring injury wasn't it um they are they're quite notoriously quite tough to come back, especially hitting the ground running as well the way he has. Um, he's always been an influential player for us, especially last year with his relationship with Taylor. Um, obviously, that hasn't really materialised this this year, but it's still good to have him back. And I, I'm personally still a fan of Henry, despite some of the you know so-so performances this season. Let's say, but like you say, if he ends the season well, then hopefully that will put him in good stead for for next year. The, is, the thing is, that gets me with him, Tony, is that like yeah. with he's got that relationship with Matty Taylor, and when you look at Barker and Shadipo, they're both well. Barker's like very direct, often wants to cut in and have a shot, but I yeah. think we, you know, we're all very aware that the assist tally for our wingers is pretty shocking generally, yeah. and that's where Henry over the recent seasons, yeah, to Connor's point, has built up those relationships or. You know, with the with the strikers, obviously notably Matty Taylor. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it, like Connor says, you know, for the last couple of seasons, he's been our, our key player, and we really struggled at the start of the season. He was struggling, I think, with confidence after what happened in the playoff final, um, and you know, that's that's natural. But it made you realise how important he is to us because, like you said, actually the assists um, weren't really coming from the rest of the team. Um, you know, there was a period where Sam Long and, and Josh Ruffles uh, stepped up, wasn't there? But seeing him come back into the team now, I mean, the last some of the last few performances we've had from him have probably been his best of the season. So um, whatever that injury was, it did him good by the looks of it. So <laughs> maybe he should get injured more often. <laughs> well, I think it's easier to come back into a team that's kind of, we faltered a little bit as at the point that he came back in. And then mm. I guess he's he's done well to help help I guess at time, you know, with the Lincoln result, and then for the good performance in Sunderland, he was good. He had to come off a bit earlier against Sacramento, so he's still getting back to fitness. The only, the only other question I've got about him is: should he be on the right wing, or should he be playing in that midfield role? I suppose he's been doing well in the centre mid, but I'm still, as you know, when we're watching the the games live, boys, Shadipo, I find unbelievable. Whilst he's got a, a good goal return, and he seems to be quite 
you know, he's got a decent defensive mind on him to get back at and intercept and get track back. But I don't think he gives enough to the team on the whole. And so I'm wondering if yeah. Henry was back in that position, whether that would be a better option. I agree. I think Shadipo is... Um, ugh, I don't want to say anything too controversial, but I think he's he's quite average. I don't think he's... I don't think he's as as good as we made out initially because of obviously him hitting the ground running when he first came in and scored a few goals and stuff. And yes, he's, he's got a good goal return, like you say. Um, but I don't think he offers enough game in, game out. He's not very consistent. Um, I think I still think Henry probably is better off in the middle, um, although he could obviously play off the right. I think one of the things I'm going to touch upon when, when we get to the Eccleston Stanley is it's about how high up Henry plays as well and who he's alongside. I think that makes a big deal to how, how he fits into the team. I think sometimes if he's a bit too far forward and he hasn't got the support behind him, I think he could be quite isolated um, and he doesn't offer much defensively. Um, so sometimes, depending on the lineup, Henry could be a better option on, on the right-hand side. But I think yeah. with the way the season is now, I don't think it's going to be much, it's not going to be worth much anyway if the change is made. It's just whether or not he kind of secures the, the right-sided uh, place for seasons to come. And I'm not convinced he will because I still think we'll probably be bringing in another winger to replace Shadipo once he goes back. And I certainly hope we don't go in for Shadipo on a permanent. I don't think we will, but I hope, I hope not, personally. Yeah. Um, back to the game then. So it was one all still. We got Sykes had been sent off, which I don't think was a... His first yellow wasn't a yellow. And then the second one, he was going for a, the ball, wasn't he? And then he caught the keeper. And I kind of understood why you might give that bit. It's, it's usually one of them that if the player's already on a yellow, you don't give a second yellow. It was one of those, wasn't it? But Trevor Kettle does, because he's Trevor Kettle. Um, and then, so we kind of get over that a bit. And then we, you know, we're under a bit of pressure. Um, Sunderland are penning us back a bit, as, you, as you'd expect. And then, obviously, there's that 50-50 challenge where Brannigan kind of puts himself in between the ball and Maguire. Goes down... Kettle gives a foul to Sunderland. Apparently, Trevor Kettle, KR said this um, pre-Accrington, apparently Kettle asked Brannigan if he wanted treatment whilst he was on the ground, at which point Brannigan said yes. And then Sunderland play on, where they take the free kick from the wrong position um, and end up scoring through McGeady, like decent finish, but absolute sucker punch. And I think all of us were using various words and shouting for many an hour after that. Like, unbelievable if, stuff. If, if only the listeners could see the word that's written on the notes to describe. Well, I think KR is because you can hear in the footage what KR, what KR says to the, fourth, to the fourth official about Trevor Kettle. And it rhymes with Hunt. <laughs> oh, I think, I, think um, I, I use that word on, uh, <laughs> quite a few times as well during the game because he's an absolute joke. I mean, I'm... We're, we're, we're football fans, right? We, we moan about things when they go against us. That's just our nature. But sometimes you feel a little bit cheated. And I think it's, for me, that was how I felt during that game. I felt like, it, you know, not we were cheated out of a result, but we were cheated in certain aspects by the referee. And it's just so frustrating watching it. I mean, I was saying this to my dad when I was watching it. I'm, I've kind of lost my, my anger watching a football on TV. It doesn't quite get me the same way as it does in a football stadium. But that game with the referee, I was absolutely livid. Like it was just 
seeping through me. I was just getting so angry <laughs> because what, it's um, just poor, isn't it? It's a really poor excuse but, for doing his job. Yeah, the the good thing with this, the performance, though, in general, was that we, for the last, there was like a 10-minute period, wasn't there, just before the end of the game, whilst it was still 2-1, where suddenly we were, they were, sit, they were sitting back, we were coming on to him, and then we had a really good cross, Winnell, I think it was from a free kick, and Winnell, so close. And if he con- if he got contact with it before the defender, it's 100% going in. Um, so to be in that position where we were that close to an equaliser as well, I, I found it difficult to go away and be... Dis- I was really happy with the performance with the team. And like you say, Connor, I was just so pissed off that that bloke had had such an impact on the game, which yeah. I think was just bang out of order. Just but, spoils um, it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, um, but you know, we move on. We went to we had Accrington at home. We we really needed to bounce back. Um, Tony, I think Accrington just with a better side pretty much throughout the game um, pressed us really well. We had no kind of answers. Uh, you know, I know Elliot Lee got a goal back, but the whole game, you know, we weren't playing particularly well, and they seemed to be dominating the shots and creating absolutely loads. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were second best, I think. Um... But we did have we had short spells in the game where we were on top of them, and and there there were spells where Barker was getting at them, and we looked we looked dangerous if we could have just found that final ball. But yeah, I mean overall it was um, it was a deserved win for Accrington, and obviously you know off the back of the Sunderland match, you felt that we needed to win that really um, to to stay in in contention, um, and, and and again we didn't. So you know every time. We sort of get to the stage where we think, right, we need to push on now. We're we're sort of falling, aren't we? Yeah, and Ben, they obviously scored a perfectly good goal um, <laughs> early on that was not given, which I'd have been absolutely fuming about. But luckily, we we felt sorry for them, and then a minute later, they just <laughs> strolled through the pitch and just kicked the ball. It was a really good goal, to be fair, but. They just strolled through the pitch and then smashed it in. But it was another example, similar to the goal we conceded at home to Lincoln, where teams just, our midfield seems to disappear and teams just yeah. kind of run straight through the middle of the park and then get a decent, you know, decent chance. Um, annoying. There always always seems to be a gap in front of the back four that just doesn't get smaller as he runs towards the goal. They just seem to back off and back off. And players, if if they've got the quality to have that kind of finish, they're going to punish us. And it just it kind of summed it up. It was obviously a goal. Everybody but the two people who actually had a say on it thought it was a goal. You've got to ride your luck, and we just we just keep dropping back, let them pounce like that, and they absolutely deserved that goal. They played so much better than us in that first period of the game. They just wanted it more than us. That's what annoyed me, is at this stage of the season, we should be wanting it more than them. Yeah. And Jack um, works with... Jack's not with us tonight. He's busy. Um, it's very difficult not ha- not having Jack with us on pods because he just knows everything. <laughs> and all of us are just making shit up all the time. Um, but, yeah, Jack's got a mate um, or a colleague who's a an Accrington fan. And the feedback that he gave... So this is an Aki fan talking said the comparison from when we played Peterborough versus when they lost 7-0 versus when they played us is Peterborough moved the ball forward very swiftly and exposed our poor defence. You know, again, referring to Accrington. But you, you lot, as in us, just ambled around in midfield 
and take so long to go forward that we had plenty of time to get set and watch you play the ball around in front of us. Didn't feel threat. I didn't feel threatened, especially as your two wingers, um, i.e. Barker, Shadipo, and your striker play as individuals rather than as a unit. Connor, what do you reckon? Do you reckon that's good analysis from yeah. Mr. Accrington? Yeah, Mr. Accrington was pretty, pretty spot on. I think for. Uh, for this particular performance, I think what one thing that really frustrated me about this game was you look at that starting lineup. So you know you look at the midfield three of Brannigan, Lee, and Henry, right? So I think this game is one of them where it would either end three 0 to us or three 0 to Accrington because it was just one of those games where you think you know that's an attacking that is an attacking lineup we put on the pitch there, and you would expect us to hit the ground running and really go for the throats pretty much from the first whistle, and that clearly didn't happen. Um, and this is what I was trying to say earlier about Henry and his positioning. I feel like without a player like Gorin behind him, if he's going to play kind of a bit further up, um, it's part of a midfield three, but almost as a 10. But if he doesn't have that protection, then again, it's the middle of the park so exposed. And yes, I like Brannigan playing in that kind of holding role because he's a great footballer and he you know, gets more of the ball when he plays there. But without the kind of the shield that kind of Gorin offers, um, especially when Lee was on the other side, it's it was so open in the middle of the park and you know their goals came from the middle of the park and you're just like it's just yeah yeah I, I didn't really I didn't really like the lineup to be honest with you I thought it was too gun-ho and the players didn't perform in that manner um, well, the funny thing is though the only difference from like the team at Lincoln really in terms of like the midfield and attack was Lee for Sykes when yeah you think about it but it might just be the shape of the side because um, he's it was he's the shape, yeah. Barker and Shadipo, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, but you say in the other game, Henry was kind of playing almost alongside Brannigan, but you could see for a while that that wasn't the case in the Accrington game because even from when we were playing out from the back, Lee and Henry were so high up the pitch, there was this big disconnect between Lee, Henry, and Brannigan that that kind of triangle was so far apart that opened up the pitch, yeah. and I remember Rosie and the commentary saying. We're playing so deep, and I was like, "What are you watching?" Like the back four might have been quite deep, but the rest of the midfield was just nowhere to be seen. And I was thinking to myself, "What game of football is Rosie watching?" Um, and the midfield, the midfield was just was just overexposed, and it got exploited. And obviously, that's where the goals came from. So it was a bit of a bit of a, a frustrating one yeah. for me because it could have gone the other way. You know, with the I think Rosie's got a lot better at Rosie's got a lot better at critiquing us in the commentary these days because he used yeah. to just because they're all his mates, really. You know, all the yeah. players he used he's to find a... it hard to like abuse him, but now he's he's got he's actually <laughs> he's... got quite good at calling stuff as it is. He's no he's no Stevie Kinnebra though, is he? <sighs> Killer. When it comes no, to the tactical knowledge and breaking down the game, I, I do think no. Rosie's got some uh, catching up to do. <laughs> um, so. That's probably enough um, chat about the games. It's sad, isn't it? I think it's probably worth moving on to like where that then puts us in League One, and then we'll obviously go on to some of the other stuff we'll talk through. Maybe we'll, we'll just chat about Crew as well. But other teams around us, notably teams like Blackpool, Pompey, picking up results, Lincoln still in free fall, um, Charlton doing well on an unbeaten run. Um, even Gillingham have leapfrogged us so we find ourselves bang on mid-table in 12th um we've lost four out of the last five tony like what what do you reckon do you do you think the season's done in terms of playoffs like it is 
Yeah, it's for, you know, mathematically possible, but what do you reckon? Yeah, you're right. It's mathematically possible, isn't it? But it's it's not possible, I don't think, anymore, based on, you know, we've had enough games now, was it 39 matches we played, to know what this team is about. And to be honest, I mean, even if we won our last seven, you know, we there's still a pretty good chance we wouldn't get in there because of the, the games in hand that teams around us have got. So I'm, I'm saying that it's over uh now um and it sounds like Carl Robinson's saying the same thing as well based on recent media comments and talking about you know getting ready for next season so if if the manager's given up then yeah I, I think we can probably say that it's over okay let's do a round robin then Ben what do you reckon I agree I think it's uh, is there six teams that are going to finish on more points than us who play better than us yes we're not going to finish in the playoffs I think it's it's too much to ask even if we like uh, Tony says, if we win seven games, it's out of our hands. But are we going to win seven games in a row? Based on the last few games, no. So yeah, I, I it's it's over unfortunately. Yeah, Connor. Yeah, definitely over. You know, you look at <laughs> other than other than Lincoln and Doncaster, um, who are above us. We've got the worst record going in into the kind of final final few games. And I know some people might say our oh, records mean nothing, you know, they can turn it around in one game, but I don't see that happening. Um, and I think I agree with what Tony says. The manager's already kind of sacked it off, hasn't he, really? So if he sacked it off, then the players probably have as well. Their mentality's probably changed a little bit. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens, won't yeah, we? Hope. But I just don't, I'm not convinced yeah. that, we'll, we'll, that we'll creep in. I think we've we've bottled it a little bit too early. The only thing that keeps me feeling slight, we'll go and lose to Crew on Saturday, won't we? Probably, and then oh, my words <laughs> you're going to curse away. it now, aren't you? But like, the only thing that keeps me going is that I think Lincoln are not finishing in the playoffs, and they're going to keep collapsing down the league. Um, Charlton, are they gonna, James, right. are they going to be flopping down the league? <laughs> That's right, they'll be flopping right down. Um, Ipswich, Ipswich. Gillingham are a weird team, and we've got to play them still. I think. I don't know. I I think it is. I it, I it's seventy five percent certain that we're not there. I still think there's a chance. But you know, maybe I'm on my own. It depends if KR if KR truly doesn't believe it, then he's playing. He should be playing Alecci left back, and he should be playing. Um, James what's his name? Chambers. He- Pavilion. <laughs> <laughs> I and think he will. Field. I think he will get a bit more game time, though. To be fair, um, not quite sure about Lecce, but I think that Chambers Parallon will definitely get a few more games going forward. Um, but James, I, I like your. Yet. I like your optimism. I like your optimism. Go on, ben. I just. I think he. It will play. You know those kind of youngsters. I don't think it'll be quite yet. Maybe with two or three games left, once it's absolutely done and dusted, because if. You play a decent team. If we do win the next two games, all of a sudden you can't start thinking. No, it is definitely over. Let's play the kids. So I yeah. think he'll he'll play the, the similar similar eighteen. I think for the next three or four, and, and then play it by ear. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to see those players get the opportunities. If it is essentially dead rubbers for us. What do you reckon, Tony? About like the lone players? I'm going to jump into squad and transfer chat now, and we'll come back to crew in a bit. But like. What do you think about um, some of the lone players we've got, and do you think we'll be going for any of them? Especially with the news that like uh, McGuane might be coming back on a perm. But what about like Barker, Shadipo, yeah. Elliot Lee? Like, 
yeah, I, I think um, I think Barker would clearly be a good signing if we could get him. I would just be very surprised if if we could get him. Um, I know that he's frustrated a little bit at times with you know maybe arguably a lack of end product, but he's clearly got something. You know, he's he's, he's both footed, he's quick, he's direct, and I think if we had him for full season, he would contribute. You know, goals and assists. Um, so I'd definitely be trying to sign him if we could afford him. Um, uh, yeah. uh, Shadipo, I think uh, we've heard from Connor on Shadipo, but um, <laughs> I I would I would go for him if he's available. Um, I I know that he's you know he's not one of these teenagers. He's what is he twenty two, twenty three or something? Um, yeah. So he's he's a bit older, and and therefore you know maybe there's a chance that, that QPR will be willing to let him go. I know that he's frustrated as well. Um, and hasn't got many assists, but he has scored goals. And I just feel like, you know, he's young enough and inexperienced enough that he could improve with us. And, you know, we've, we've seen it in the past where thinking about someone like Roof, um, you know, he'd, he'd had loan spells at other clubs before us where he'd been a bit disappointing, you know, and we, we, we all saw what he turned out to be. So I think it'd be worth taking a punt on him if we could get him. Connor's itching. Can I? Yeah. <laughs> If, if so, if he was the only right winger, right winger that we signed, and the only two right wingers we had were Henry and Shadipo, would you be happy with that? Well, I, I, I tell you something about Shadipo that I've noticed is that his form's really dropped off since we signed Barker because he's been shunted out to the right wing. I mean, he scored most of his goals for us playing off the left and cutting in onto his right foot. So I feel a bit sorry for him in in as much as you know he's been pushed into a position that maybe isn't his preferred um in favor of Barker and now you know he's contributing less um but yeah I mean the, the question of who would you rather have on the right wing I mean the, the Henry the Henry question in general is interesting I think because he's not a right winger in the typical sense in that he's not going to be like bursting down the byline um yeah but he's clearly a talented player and actually this is something that you know Robertson needs to get a grip of really because he needs to decide what style of football does he want to play and what does he want out of James Henry? And is he going to build a team around James Henry? Because, you know, if you put James Henry on the right wing, then that's you're not going to have someone like Barker or Shadipo who's, who's trying to get to the byline. Um, but he'll give you other things. So um, that's a question for Robinson and, and the tactics that he wants to go with, I think. Yeah, I think having... I think if you've got Henry playing right wing, you need a George Bulldog style yes. right back who's yeah. overlapping and Which we've causing got. their... We've got Sam Lock. like. The next yeah. cafe. The yeah, next cafe. I'm not going to lie. A year ago, you saying we've got Sam Long and James just talking about rapid overlapping fullbacks, you'd be laughing your head off. But does look quick. Not this season, that, doesn't he? Not this season. The bloke, yeah, like you say, bloke's it's brilliant. like in FIFA. You know, in FIFA, <laughs> you can like apply a pace card or something that lasts for like a few <laughs> games or something. It feels like it's a bit like that. Or yeah, on maybe. Pro Evo, you know, when the type of boots that you got change your, your stats, maybe he's got some new boots. <laughs> it made me laugh in the Akita game when he returned and the first thing he had to do coming back from a hamstring injury that had him out for, what, like six weeks was a, was like a 10-yard sprint. And I was like, oh, God, no, like he's just going to pull up again. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad he's back. I think we've missed I like, him. I like, I like the... how you kind of put the Shadipo stuff because I think I would be happy if we signed him given he is versatile and you make a good point about playing off the left because his first couple of goals were like carbon copies like cutting in I think one was like MK Dons when we beat him at home 3-2 but they were yeah he cut in from the the left and then 
far corner shot and he did it a couple of times mm. um yeah he is versatile and the only thing that gets me and then we'll move on is his ability to beat a man and we've mm. talked about we probably we're going on about this in every pod even though we're having massive breaks between them but <laughs> he, he doesn't seem that quick and it seems to struggle a little bit to take on his man but and maybe that is something that he can improve on given his age um that's the frustrating thing is like you think he's really quick but he doesn't people easily seem to get the better of him defend you know in one-on-one situations even when they're 36 yeah i think we do have to remember that we're a league one team as well so you know um we're not going to be signing players who are fully formed and you know another positive for shadipo that i think goes a bit unmentioned is his you know his ability to track back and um, you won't see many wingers who were prepared to sort of track all the way back into their own penalty area and, and tackle tackle back and support their fullback. And he does do that. If he did that and scored goals and was quick and beat his man and created created goals as well, he wouldn't be playing for Oxford United. So um, yeah, that's why I think, way. you know, take a punt on him if we can get yeah, hold of him we- in the summer because he could develop into that player. You know, he can work on those aspects of his game. Um. Ben, I, I think I was going to say we need, we need to ask Ben about his opinion on Shadipo now. <laughs> no, I'm actually moving. I'm moving it on. It's yeah, too move, much shod, move on. shod chat. Too, yeah, too much um, shodders chat. What do you reckon about McGuane? So chaos came out um, after the Accrington game in the post match and said we're looking to sign a player, and then it became obvious that all of the Radio Oxford guys were aware that we're going after McGuane on a perm basis. I've got two questions here. Question one is why why the why the frickin' hell is he talking about it if we if we're really adamant that we want to get a deal done? Why would you why on earth would you mention it for the sake of notifying anyone else that might be sniffing around him? And two, do you think it's a good idea, given how slowly he started the season, he had a few good games, um, and then he's got a really significant injury, which isn't his first significant injury. I'm just you know, what do you reckon? I well, this is the other foible, should we put it, of KR. In any time, what's that even, word? Foible. Is that is that a word? It's a word. That is yeah, a word. Foible. foible. Is a word. Oh wow! Yeah. Fair play. Get your dictionary, out. dictionary corner for today. <laughs> that's really. Uh, that's, that's, that's any time we get near a near a transfer window, KR always comes out with these statements of "We're going to get our business done early," or "We're going to do this or that," and it just applies so much unnecessary pressure, not just to the club but him personally. I don't have a clue why we would come out with that statement now or even in six weeks' time. Why come out with it at all? You know, it's not like yeah. it's... Uh, it's me- Oh, it's Messi. We're talking to Messi and the, the fans will get excited and everything. It just seems like a, a weird... I don't know. I don't know. There must be a reason why. There must be some logic, but... Christ I knows think Robin, it Robinson just wants things to be positive all the time, doesn't he? And when we lose, mm-hmm. he's then looking for something else that he can talk about that's positive and you know getting excited about signing a new player that is you know it's exciting potentially to sign a player like McGuane I suppose so I feel like it it is as simple as that with Robinson and sometimes I think people talk about you know these sinister ideas that he's trying to deflect or distract us but actually I think he just wants to talk about positive things do you not do you not think it's annoying how he oh it's infuriating it's completely infuriating it's not actually just that. The thing that's actually getting me with McGuane, he keeps talking about McGuane's absence in our failure. Mm. Like McGuane's gone, McGuane's been missing, McGuane's this. He dropped McGuane. 
for like quite a few games earlier on in the season. He came into it, looked decent. We smashed Burton away 5-1 where he was a massive part of that. And he had a, he had a few good games. But he absolutely wasn't tearing up trees like throughout his tenure with us. And so I always I was just, there's a couple of things with him. But anyway, question two. Maybe Connor, what do you reckon about his um, his kind of actual potential injury proneness? Do you think, I reckon it's going to be a significant six-figure fee that we'd be paying for him as well. Yeah. What do you reckon? Um, I really liked him when he got playing with us. Yeah. Um, I was a big fan of him. I think he has a fantastic ability to move the ball. Um, he's got good vision. He's strong on the ball. Um, doesn't, you know, doesn't get knocked off easily. He works hard. He's a good tackler. Um, so technically, probably one of the best players I've seen for a long time in an Oxford shirt. And I, and you know, some people might be like, "Oh, really?" But, but for the for the amount of time he played he's for us, Barcelona, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, te- I say technically, fantastic player. Jemmy, <laughs> Jemmy, yeah, Jemmy two point um, But yeah, I mean, I'd I'd take him. Um, I think. The injury, the injury thing, you know, he's not, we say he's injury prone, you know, he's not a Sam Winnell, you know, he's not knocked off every single week or every other week. Um, I mean, maybe that's a bit harsh because Sam Winnell's a lot older and he's had a longer career, but. I might have just um, been making some of that up. I just know he's been injured for a long time. He has, he has yeah, but he was injured before that. He's been injured with, with Barcelona. It was one of the reasons why he didn't really get in, get a sniff in there. Um, so no, you are right. He does get injured. Well, every player is injured, but you know what I mean. Um, but I still, I still think it would be an absolutely brilliant signing. It'd be a great coup for us. Um, yeah, I think especially, especially if we keep Brannigan. I mean, Brannigan's on a new deal, um, but we know that there are other clubs sniffing around for him. Um, you know, Brannigan and McGuane, and potentially Gorin as a midfield Gorin, three. Yeah. If we had that midfield three it. for the majority of this season, we probably would be doing better. And obviously, you no know, KR keeps making that pretty clear, but. Uh, yeah, uh, McGuane is a definitely a green light in 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 my eyes. But whether or not we can actually get a deal done for him is a different story because, like you say, it might cost and, a fair few bob. And Tony, just to build on what Connor's, Connor's saying, he does drive from deep and actually runs, moves with the ball. And the the second thing is that it does fit the model perfectly, doesn't it? Like if he comes and he absolutely smashes it and hits the potential that he might have, that's what our model's all about. Yeah, exactly, and and yeah, like like you said, that that's the point. The carrying the ball, isn't it? That's what we've really missed, I think. And obviously, Shandon Baptiste did it for us before, and McGuane started to do it um, just before he got injured. And um, I think that this this team and the way that Robinson likes to play it relies on somebody taking uh, taking the midfield by the scruff of the neck and doing that. And I think you know Brannigan can do that, I think as well, uh, but. Um, obviously, you know, he, he's come back from a big injury and, um, you know, he, he's still sort of like recovering his confidence a bit as well, I think. So, um, yes, if we could get McGuane, we should we should definitely do it, um, assuming that he can pass a fitness test, obviously, pass a medical. That's that's the important part. We've we've been stung too many times by signing Crocs, haven't we? So we need yeah. we need to make mm-hmm. sure that he hasn't got any serious issues. If we sign him and then he gets another big injury, then that's just bad luck. But we need to make sure that we do our due diligence. Yeah, we don't want... Um, I don't think we want a Hansen situation. I mean, Hansen's come good at the moment. But, you know, his initial his initial signing, um, it's quite... quite has a, he come good? Like, what? I was going to well, say... I was, that, I was, that was, that was no, going to be my, come on. my next... I meant, 
I meant he's actually playing football now and he's not injured. Okay, yeah. That's what he's I on mean. I don't, yeah, he's, he's on the pitch. pitch. <laughs> That's what I mean. I don't mean come good as in he's a world beater, but he gets. You get my point. The way Han- the way Hansen's like discussed these days. I actually this was the next thing to come on to actually because um, we're in a place now where we've had some injuries to you know Ruffles got injured obviously against Lincoln. And as we, we all knew, it was a risk. And when a beater, you know, when we had a beater backing up Ruffles, they were interchanging a little bit. And actually, a beater, funnily enough, had a really good relationship with McGuane when McGuane mm. played in that kind of left-sided central midfield role. And he didn't, again, didn't pull up trees, didn't do it. He scored, you know, maybe one or two goals a beater. But he was a solid player with championship experience. And we let him go. He might have, you know, he wanted that contract or whatever, but we didn't have to, you know, he didn't have to let the guy go. He had he had a contract with us until the end of the season. And Tony, we've definitely talked about this before, but it's like, it's just annoying in hindsight, isn't it? When you've got Hanson there and everyone's going, oh, but he tried his best and he had a go at left back. And I know he's absolutely at fault for the goal against Sunderland, but he's tried really hard. And he's, he's like one of our players that's like, I, I reckon he's in the top three uh, earners at the club, or is, is he at least close Based on when what we brought him in for, but yeah. it's annoying. I don't want to get too depressed in this. Part, yeah, it pisses me off. But yeah, I mean, the on the Abita point, I think it's not hindsight to say that um, you know it was a mistake to let him go because um, I mean I don't know if we'll we'll talk about it a bit more in a bit in terms of looking ahead to next season, but the recruitment um, of the back line this season has been what's cost us and the lack of depth, you know, and Ruffles. Um, has uh, you know he's been like Superman for the last few years and played every minute of every match and this season he's been injured and you know we, having a beater in there gave us that cover um, and we sold him and by all accounts you know maybe we made 100 grand or whatever um, but ultimately uh, you know that might have cost us points because we we were led to believe that Grayson was the the left back cover that was brought in um, to 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 make sure that if Ruffles got injured that, you know, we had someone else to play left back. But obviously that's proven to be wrong because Ruffles has yeah. been injured and instead we put uh, Hansen out there who is not a left back. Um, and Robinson seems to have this obsession with playing players out of position. Um, you know, the right back situation is almost as bad uh, with, you know, Ford and Hansen again covering in when, again, they're not fullbacks. So, you know, it, it's cost us and it's not hindsight um, because everybody could see I mean it's, it's basics isn't it you need two players for each position because if one of them gets injured you need someone else to step in yeah, yeah. exactly totally agree and yeah what, what do you reckon about Ben Ruffles contracts I, I was just listening to the five minutes fan forum as I mentioned earlier just before coming on this um KR paused massively when someone asked a question about Ruffles new deal to you know where's it at and he didn't really want seem to want to answer it which kind of maybe suggests that he's, if Ruffles isn't signing something, we must have, you know, we must have offered him something and he's either pushing back or he's potentially got tapped up in some capacity by another club who's shown an interest. But I think he's got, I think we've got an option on him anyway to extend Ruffles based on Jack's um, analysis, which is almost certainly correct. <laughs> like, what, what do you do? You think? Do you think it's a massive deal? I know, like to Tony's point, it's been Mister Consistent. Every you know, uh, six, seven out of ten every week. But what do you, do you reckon? It's a big thing. Do you think we should be looking for upgrades, fullback wise? Um, we definitely need a left back. 
I mean, we've been crying out for a left back for what at least a year for the same reason Tony said is we've only got one left back. We've got a beater in and then we got rid of a beater. We've still only got one left back who's ultimately a central midfielder. Mm. I know he's played very well at left back for the last couple of years, but he's a central midfielder. I mean, I'd I'd be disappointed to see him go. Certainly, I think he's, he's yeah. putting a real shift for us. I can only assume it's he wants more money, either because we've not offered him enough, because presumably his old deal, that would have been when he was not really starting in central midfield, whereas now he's starting every game, he's probably going to want an upgrade. Or, as you said, he's been tapped up elsewhere. You know, there's there's potentially more money. I'm not sure. Took man of rumours. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> don't know, I'm not sure where. You know, I don't think anybody in the championship would be starting in left back. But it could be somebody in league. Maybe one. he can join Jacobson and Abita at Wickham. <laughs> as you was weird you in feed itself. a club. Yeah, I, I think in league one. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think if we do get a left back, though, I suspect we will be aiming for a starting left back rather than a young kid who's acting as cover. Yeah. I'll have to, I'm interested to see how that where that goes. I still I really liked the idea of a beater because of the fact that he can you know he's played left wing for a lot of his you know time in the championship as well. Um, I like the Marvin Johnson-esque type of fullback who's rapid as feck and has that dynamic element. He was so fun to watch. I don't know, his defensive capability maybe wasn't always there, but I loved knowing that he was our fullback at the time. It was great. Um, the the final piece, Connor, what do you reckon about Eastwood? Has today signed a new three-year deal? Yeah. I think Jack said words um, about how it showed, you know, maybe Wayne Brown has built a really good um, relationship between, you know, himself, Stevens and Eastwood. And maybe that's a bit, you know, it's got to be a big factor. Yeah, I think there's something else behind this. Um, Something to do with post-football career type things going on here like a murder mystery well not quite (laughs) not quite that um but you know has he got like you say good relationship with wayne brown you know does he want to go into coaching does he want to moved house yeah you know get paid money to yeah you know well i noticed there was um wasn't there a quote about um stevens's development recently from from robinson saying you know how well he's done and he credited Wayne Brown and Simon Eastwood in that. So yeah. I think that's a good shout, Connor, in, in as much as I think they see Eastwood as an important part of like the whole goalkeeping unit, if you like. Yeah, I think I think it's a um it, it would be it would be a very strange move if if the contract was to do with him creeping his way back into the team, because I don't if if Steven stays I mean, obviously, there's some rumours around him, you know, going to the championship, whatever. Where was pers- that Middles- Middlesbrough? Yeah, I mean, I personally don't think Stevens is a championship goalkeeper yet. Like, you know, if Stevens wants to go to Middlesbrough and sit on the bench, then it's not going to be a number one, is it? No, exactly. Um, so be it. But um, I don't see Eastwood creeping his way back into the team. So I do think there's something else going on with this with this contract. It's not just a oh yeah, you know, Eastwood, you're going to sit sit on the bench for the next three seasons. I think there's something else, you know. It, 
to do with the, the coaching unit and that sort of thing, um, which which might well work in Eastman's favour anyway. You know, if, if he wants to go and develop his coaching badges and whatever and, and sees that as a career path post-career, then it's a good move for him as well. I might be barking up the complete wrong tree and he might slip back into the first team, but I just, I think that's, I think there's, there's something there's something else going on there, I think. He said himself um, in an interview that he wasn't that, He's one of them that doesn't really care about football beyond playing it. I remember listening to some stuff and he like doesn't watch any football and whatever else. So I just wonder maybe, you know, if his family has settled down and whatever, yeah. that maybe, you know, that's fine for him. He doesn't want to start a pick up and start again and learn the ropes. A three-year contract. Yeah. Like, I think you, you know, brilliant for him. You've definitely got to consider those things as well, because especially at the moment with, with um, many people's careers, including football players, being very turbulent turbulent rather um and a three-year deal is yeah it's good if he keeps his family where where he wants them then that's great you know fair play to him i think it's a yeah. it, it must it must be a good deal because he wouldn't have signed it otherwise right let's let's look at the squad then and who's contracted and who's not so under contract we got long going into next season this is we've got long atkinson more hansen again um, Claire. <laughs> Sean Clare Hansen's cut never ending isn't he <laughs> yeah. Hansen had a huge contract there didn't he um, yeah we've got Sean Clare to come back midfield dynamo Burton Albion um, he scored the other week didn't he just to rub it into salt into the wound at one point when we're struggling in midfield leaving gaping holes everywhere um, Brannigan uh, Cooper obviously still potentially to come back I can't see that myself um Aji uh Taylor Winnell is Winnell on a two-year deal well like a year and a I don't know must be a two-year deal um Ossie Yor <laughs> uh McCally McNally sorry will count next season um Stevens and Eastwood apparently we've got options on Gorin Henry and Ruffles as we know we just mentioned there um, and then out of contract, we've got Ford. What do we reckon, Ben? Are we keeping Ford? Versatile player, do many things. I mean, if you're keeping Hanson, you got him on a long term contract. I, I That's not how it works, is it? Don't <laughs> Ford doing it. That's not fair. <laughs> um, <sighs> no. It's a snap if, answer. If no. No. Tony, what do you reckon? Yes, I'd keep him. I think his set piece delivery is, is good as well. Um, but I would I would like Robinson to decide where he thinks he should be playing him. So is he a, yeah. is he a backup right winger or is he a backup central midfielder? But not five or yeah. six different positions. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, likewise, Rob Hall. No, you know, anyone who wants to go? get rid of him. No, as much as as much as I yeah, as I say, unfortunately, is definitely a good precursor to that because um, he's done he's done well for us over the years. To be fair to him, and we'll never forget that goal against Swindon. So. You know, it's just a shame Absolutely. that he's, he's just it's just been so injury riddled, doesn't he? Bless him, and it's just been such a struggle was, for him. I was about to say that if he yeah. if he didn't have the injury record that he's got, he could have absolutely smashed it. And he did get, you know, he got to the championship, didn't he? At one point with Bolton and some other clubs, and he was just unlucky. Um, Massinho, he's going to obviously go into coaching. Forgot he's a player, while, I yeah. Yeah, um, and then Sykes is out of contract as well. I think that's an interesting one. I would, add, I would hate to lose him to another club yeah. in League One because I just think he would. Yeah, I think he'd do well. I, I think you've got to give. You've, we spoke about it earlier. We mentioned Sykes, but I think you've got to give him another contract. It's, 
I think it would be criminal to let him go because he would go to another League One team. Definitely, that's kind of his level. I think at the moment. Um, yeah. And like you say, I I'd, I'd be worried that he'd go to another team, have a bit more chance to develop, and then he'd come and kind of you know almost smack us on the ass type thing because he's a decent player. So hopefully we'll, we'll snap him up. Arse slapping, the good Irish arse slapping from Sykes. <laughs> um, what do we and then back to the loanies right quick fire answers out of Barker I'm not going to there's no point in saying Grayson Barker, <laughs> Kelly Lee Lee McGuane Shadipo uh, Tony who are you keeping uh, well you like I said earlier Barker and, and Shadipo McGuane would be good as well as long as he's fit Kelly is an interesting one because I've been very disappointed with Kelly this season um, I was quite pleased when we signed him in uh, in the summer and I just felt like he's not really dominated the midfield like I thought he would at this level given a full season um, but then you look at some of his spells in the team and they perhaps coincidentally um, happen know, to be yeah. at the same time that we are in very good form so maybe I'm not seeing something you know um, so I, I don't know about Kelly maybe if we could get him like on a relatively decent deal and then he could be part of the squad Possibly. Does anyone have any advances on? Because I I completely agree, and I'm still unsure about Kelly. Does anyone? Um, it's a no from me for Kelly, and a yes for Lee. What about Barker and? Shadipo? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I think Barker definitely. Shadipo, in my opinion, still no. Um, but McWayne, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, that's me. I think most people would say Barker. Um, absolutely 100% and McGuane 100% and then Lee and Shadipo are probably Lee's too early to tell really isn't it and Shadipo um, I think I imagine a lot will be on the fence Ben yeah pretty much the same definitely Barker Shadipo if the money's right because I think again what Tony was saying KR needs to sit down with a piece of paper mm. and all the positions and list the players and where he wants to play them because yeah. presuming Gorin and Henry either re-sign or we, we uh, put their options in place and we re-sign Sykes, we're going to be... And Claire comes back. That central midfield is suddenly overloaded and mm. McGuane. Is there space for Kelly? Even as a squad yeah. role? Would we go for someone else instead? Or if we can get him on a deal, again, it's the wage. I think the money side of it is quite a big deal on whether we re-sign say Sykes and which loanies we can go for either again on loan or permanently if possible. Yeah. I forgot to mention the position thing is so important. When we play teams like Accrington the other day, I was chatting to Jack about this and they have 25 goals between their two strikers and they, they start with those two guys all the time. It's Chain. Ch- oh, what's his name? Something Charles. And I forget what the yeah. other guy's name is. Um, but they, I think Charles has got 17 goals and the other chap um, has got eight or something. And, but they, you know, you just know what you're getting from them. And like, they're always there every, in and out every week type, sorry, in every week. And I just looked at that and I was thinking they signed those guys from Leamington and Southport respectively. And I was just thinking about some of our recruitment strategy over the last few years and how like constant it's been and chop and change and 
Winnell, sick note Winnell coming in and whatever else. And I do think <laughs> that some some of those teams that are, I don't want to be again too negative, but that is, it's failure losing to Accrington in a sense, because I know they're doing well and they've got a good team unit. John Coleman's a good manager, but we've had a far, you know, more imp- far bigger it's budget. This, loads it's of that big fees. club mentality thing again, though, isn't it? Because we talk about how we want to be a championship team and we've got a club that's got a championship model behind the scenes and the youth academy and all this stuff. But like you said, the chop and change and the, oh, we can attract decent players type thing. Well, it's becoming to, like you say, James, it's a bit frustrating to see players come in and then leave again. And, and you think, where's the, is the progression actually, is, is the next step going to be there? As in into the championship where some of the players will actually be a bit more easy to secure and actually will want to play for us because they want to play at that level. Um, and obviously based off this season, it's, it's we're not there yet, are we? I don't really know the point I was making with my little rant there, but I, it's just more that... There's no loyalty we, in we football. Went, That's what you were trying to say. <laughs> I just think the recruitment. This, I think the recruitment's so important this summer to get it right. And if even if you're looking like, what's the guy's name? Tishy Manga, who played for Oxford City. Yeah. Like his name's been mentioned. I don't mind taking a punt on people that score thirty odd goals in the, you know, the lower leagues and that type of thing. Um, it's that. It's just that type of thing where. You know, I, I just think we've got to be really on it this summer to get it to get it right. And um, we've got to find a couple of gems um, if we're going to have any chance to kind of push into that top six and stick th- there all season. I think also we've got to make sure we hold on to some key players as well. You know, Atkinson and Moore, I think people will be sniffing around for those two. I think they'll be a very key, key part of our success next season as long as we keep hold of them. I think McNally um, will probably come into the fold a bit more next year, but... I still think we we really need to keep hold of those two. That they would be, I'd be very disappointed if we lost either of those two. To be honest, I don't. I don't think we will. I hope not. I don't know what anyone else thinks. They're in contracts. Yeah, Atkinson still shows has shown rawness, isn't he, to his game? Like the goal we conceded, <laughs> the Atkinson second goal, he just headed it straight to the yeah, it was their player, header. didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's like little bits and pieces like that that are still there, and you'd be gambling, wouldn't you, if you're a championship? Yeah. Champion. They're not on the same level as Rob Dickey, are they? Put it that way. Um, not yet. So no, you you'd not. assume that they they would benefit as much as as Oxford United would benefit from another season playing with us. I think you could look at someone like Moore and how he's developed this year and think, well, if he has another season of development like that, then next summer he could be looking at a move to a championship club if we haven't been promoted. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's squad and transfery stuff. Let's we'll touch for like five ten minutes on the boardroom thing. This, this feels like a long time ago now, and it's obviously been kind of overshadowed by. I think when all the stuff came out around the takeover by people that are already involved in the club and are probably injecting all the money anyway, um, everyone got a bit excited and carried away. But I think. Is it fair to say, Tony, like the way the news came out was the thing that made it seem more significant is where, as in the Telegraph dropped it, the Oxford Mail dropped it and the BBC dropped it all at the same time as if it was a coordinated thing, like it was a big news story. Yeah, exactly. And then it was played down a little bit by Tiger later. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's a press release from someone. Um, But I mean, I I don't know if you've seen anything, but I haven't seen who the you know who's rumored to have have coordinated that but it felt like 
because it was coordinated that something was about to happen. And obviously here we are three or four weeks later now when nothing's happened. So, um, but you know, it wouldn't be Oxford United, would it, if there wasn't sort of strange rumours <laughs> milling around about ownership and stadium deals and the rest of it. Yeah, exactly. And ba- the base of it is that they think four here or like the Indonesian guys in general are going to step up their involvement again. I'm pretty sure Tiger's the face of the operation anyway and is being bankrolled by some of these guys in the background, you know, as it is. Yeah. Um, and I think that was emphasized with interviews saying from KR saying nothing's really changing around people's involvement. So I think the only thing that would be significant would be if Tiger were to step down and someone else step up. But we'll, you know, that not, who knows? Yeah, um, I, I was about I was about to say, yeah, I mean, that's where Robinson's big mouth is, has been beneficial because, you know, he, again, he got excited and, you know, told us that, you know, nothing, nothing's changing. It's the same people behind the scenes. So, you know, he, he maybe gave a little insight into um, what is actually going on. And, and that is reassuring if it is the same people, isn't it? Because um, yeah, I think, you know, it's been all right. Exactly. It's been all right. And and you hope that that is to then get more money into the club to take us to the next level and maybe sort the stadium out. Yeah. And just to reference it, Tim Davis did an interview. He's the finance director at the club. He did a bit of a interview and talked about how compared to a 4.2 million loss in 2019, we made, we turned over a 1.5 million profit in 2020. And obviously that was mainly due to Gavin White, Baptiste and Fosu departing, but then really good cut runs, Newcastle and Man City involved in that. Um, but to be, Ben, it's positive, you know, it's amazing, isn't it? In a, During a pandemic, even when you're looking at the accounts heading into next year, because we sold Rob Dickey, um, it's not looking as bad as it as it potentially might be. No, I think we we are in a better position than than a lot of clubs, particularly in League One and League Two. I think in the last uh, accounts, it was something like four point three million was what was being brought forward for White, Baptiste, and Fosu. So even with all the cut runs and things, that's still what three million pound loss mm. of three months of the pandemic. I'm a bit concerned about, given that, as we know, ticket sales are essentially 90% of our income. Maybe not quite that much, that but right? it, God. It, it's it's a lot. You mean, don't, you mean beyond player sales? Or yeah, because obviously we don't have any of the stadium benefits of, you know, we don't own the conference centre. We don't get a lot of the match day income bar the tickets. My yeah. worry is... I don't think we'll be in trouble, but I just think they'll have to keep ploughing money into the club, a couple of million each year. It's at what point do they see this this championship team get stuck in League One? Well, well they've apparently already... There's an anticipated 2.6 million loss due to COVID. And then I follow receipts of grant from the Premier League. And as I mentioned, Rob Dickey's sales helped, but they have still chucked in 3 million. So Tony's point, like, they've since all the initial nonsense with winding up orders and stuff it's actually been pretty smooth sailing um Mm -hmm. so this this news um connor the main thing that people obviously got excited about was the the stadium again and i I, there was obviously lots of stuff in i very rarely delve into yellows forum these days um but I, i definitely went in and had a look at that and what, what do you i think the Kidling, kidlington was the thing mentioned I, I really like the idea of that being near parkway and the idea of like an actual away day for people and <laughs> yeah i suppose 
with the uh, new railway links and stuff in Kidlington, that would work out quite well, I guess. Um, I, st- I I really don't have my hopes up when it comes to a new stadium. I'm just one, I'm quite a pessimist when it comes to this sort of thing. I, as much as I'd love to see it happen, um, I don't think it's happening anytime soon. I just don't see a way out until there is a significant investment into the club because trying to get out of the of the clutches of Kassam is going to be quite difficult without some serious backing, and it's just based on you know who who wants to take that punt really. Um, you know, we could have Kassam over a barrel though. Like, what's he going to do with his? I don't know. I know he'll just probably build houses or something yeah. over the castle, but he's going to hopefully lose some money. And I hope so. It'd be funny. Yeah, in the nicest yeah. way possible. I hope he does because he's a bit of a dickhead, isn't he? So, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't have my my hopes up for a new stadium. To be honest, even when all oh, this, well, I, I know I'm sorry to put a dampener on it, but when these rumors break, I just think, you know, until we start seeing. Um, you know, actual plans laid out and we see blueprints and that sort of stuff. I'll start believing then, but until then, I'm, I'm not convinced we're going anywhere for the foreseeable so, future, to t- be honest. I hope t- I eat t- my words. Referred to it as... I do as well, mate. Yeah, I hope so. Honestly, <laughs> t- I do. Tiger still referred to it as, as speculation. Tony, it's near where we grew up. Like, I, yeah. I can see... I think they really like Bista Village, these blokes. So, <laughs> I can see... And Kidlington, isn't Kidlington like one of the largest... Yeah, it's the biggest the village in the yeah. UK, isn't it? The UK, yeah. 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 I think they should bring it to the Louis Memorial Field, which is the field next to my house. That's why I think they should bring the stadium, personally. Well, nah. The Louis Memorial <laughs> Field? Who, thing who is, was Louis? It... Yeah. No who idea. <laughs> why has he got a memorial field? <laughs> I don't know. Jefferson Louis. Find out for the next pod. It's Jefferson uh, Louis. <laughs> Jefferson Louis. T- Tony, like, what do you reckon would be sensible in terms of so really good transport links near the Ring Road, um, near Kidlington, so that area yeah. would get a big lift. And then, what what size stadium are we having? What colour seats? Well, I think at least a hundred thousand because you know for when we're winning the Champions League. But no, yeah. in serious, Kidlington's massive. Um, you are the biggest village in the UK, so you've got to put all these people somewhere, haven't you? But um, yeah, I, I think uh, it's the it is a really good site if you look at it on on paper. You know, ne- right next to new train station, like you say, it then becomes a viable like away fixture for away fans because you jump on the train, you get off, and you walk to the stadium in ten minutes. Um, facilities nearby in Kidlington, um, so in in that respect, it looks perfect. And I think you know if we're if we are building a new stadium, we need to look at fifteen thousand maybe, but to start off with, but you want expansion oh. capacity, don't you? Well, I think you don't want to go too no, hard. I, I, I no, I, I'm with you I'm want, Tony. You want to make sure that you've got the, you know, you want it to feel full and you want the atmosphere, yeah. but but if you want to be able to expand it. So it depends what league we're in as well, remember. So, you know, if, if we're looking like we're going to be in the championship, then maybe 20,000. Yeah, that, That's what... The thing is, we're touching the championship now. We're kind of on the edge, and if you, if we're going to get that investment, that if these guys are coming in, they're going to invest in the squad as well, right? And so that my eyes is if the stadium thing happens and it's looking like it's happening, you've got to go for at least twenty thousand because in the championship you've got at least like three to four thousand away fans coming. Yeah, that's a good point. Every week, yeah. for the most part, for like seventy-five percent of the teams in there, <laughs> if they can, they're bringing that that amount. I, you know, I'm forgetting about covid that'll be gone and this will all be great um but then because because of that when we think about when we have big fixtures at home now 
League One or League Two, we get over 10,000, you know, we can have 10,000 home fans. Literally. And that happens like four or five times a year, maybe. So In the same podcast, James, we've literally just said how we're not getting promoted this season. It's another oh, no, another, another so, one of those seasons where not we're not, you know, but you were like, oh, well, you know, we're near the championship. We're not. <laughs> we're not at all. You know what, you know what I mean. We're I know. Flirting. You we're are, flirting you're flirt, you are flirting big time and I'm not having any of it. <laughs> I I just think it's a real. I think with the catchment and with the buzz that would be around it, and if you do do it in the right way, you don't build a freaking bowlplex. You actually build some <laughs> stuff that people are yeah. interested in around the area. And if you actually plumb some money into the surrounding area, generate some shops, jobs, blah blah blah, it can have a massive, yeah, massive impact on Oxford as well. And Jerome kept saying on the radio, Oxford's missing like a top class like leisure facility, like sports complex in general. For a city of our scale, like it's, um, yeah, it's a huge, it could be a huge deal. But I think he was getting carried away like the rest of us were. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we'll see. Like you say, Tony, it's all gone a bit. You live in quiet, York, James. But, you yeah. don't care about Oxford. <laughs> no, I like the idea. It's, it's actually, I said this to Tony the other day, like if it was at Water Eaton, I could have seen the stadium if they built it there from my bedroom window because um, my house backed onto the fields that go over there. But it would have been still been like, what, a 10-minute walk down there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. I like the idea of getting the train. If we can get the train, get the train from York down to Parkland, it'd be great. That's I'd, the I'd thing, be much it... more like doing like up for doing that than I would go into the freaking Kassam. Well, exactly, because yeah. at the moment you've got to get a train into Oxford, then you've got to get a 45-minute bus to some horrible place in the middle of yeah. nowhere. Where there's no facilities nearby, you've got to have a scummy old burger if you want to eat something. You know, it's not really an ideal yeah. no, way no that, pub. is it? No, no pub. It's not exactly. it's not accessible either. Yeah. It's like Whereas it's, you've got big Sainsbury's. Yeah. Big Sainsbury's on the on the Kidlinton roundabout. What more could you want? You're you always on about the meal deal, yeah. It's all totally one solid away day. This is top this is top class podcast content. Yazoo milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right um, final things to touch on then Um, actually was there anything else in the news apart from Cameron Brannigan catching a fish (laughs) that huge great Uh, thing it's like bigger than him it was a good fish well done Cam top stuff doesn't scored a goal but he's caught a big fish this season that's good Um, crew away um, on Saturday they're like in and out of form Given how depressed we've all been about, you know, our chances of finishing the season positively and getting into the top six, I think, I don't know. It's hard to call this one looking at their recent form. They've they've won, then lost, then won, then lost, and then won. But they beat uh, MK Dons away 2-0 last time out, which is, um, yeah, they can't be mugs because that's a a decent result. MK have been doing all right. What are we we hoping, boys? Do you think we're going to bounce back? I'm going to say... Yes, we're away from home. I think there's going to be less pressure on us now. Uh, no idea what team we'll pick, but I think um, Car- you know KR's going to be getting stuck into them for the sake of picking up a result after people kind of writing them off, I guess. Um, Tony, what do you reckon? Score prediction? 2-0. Um, I don't know why I've said 2-0. What I would really like to see, I would like to beat them because earlier in the season. It's funny, I was thinking oh, about the match COVID the season, how much, how much we hated them because of how that yeah. happened. Hate and it crew. feels like a long time ago now. 
But I would like to see Robinson experiment a little bit with lineup. I think, and I get the point that we that was made earlier about you know we don't want to throw season away too early. But I'd like maybe Aggie to start up in the centre forward position, for example, um, and yeah, hopefully see Long again at right back, uh, things like that. Cool, Ben. I was also thinking two 0 Oh, I'm not sure why, but I just think given that we've been so doom and gloom and pessimistic, they'll come, they'll go out and yeah, win yeah. and dominate Let's the game now, probably. Yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. just finish on a positive note. Connor. Where are they in the league? They're only they played a game less, and they're two points behind us. So, didn't know that. Close. Uh, two win. Nil. How about it? Win. Three nil. Three nil. <laughs> I'm just gonna go. Basically, basically, I've been pretty pessimistic this whole podcast, which is not really like me. I'm not that pessimistic normally, um, and I'm just gonna say, throw out the window, sod it. We're gonna go smack them. So. Again, everyone I'll listening's probably... thinking we're such a load of mugs, aren't they? We just been <laughs> we are. slamming, yeah. battering the team for but the that's... whole pod, and then we get to the end and we're like, "Yeah, yeah we're going to win." Yeah, but that's just what we like, though. We're always like this. <laughs> it all keeps us slightly entertaining because people who are listening going, "They're not fucking idiots." That's basically what they're thinking yeah. at this point. I, I mean, I, I think about one percent of our listeners get this far in the past. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's true. That's they've, true. All, they've all they've all turned off. Yeah. We can say whatever we want. Um, <laughs> right. Um, actually, because I've written the questions down, I'm going to ask them. I know we're in on long pod, but then I haven't had dinner. I need to go and get dinner. It's nearly ten o'clock. Um, pressing question: Have we underachieved? I'm not going to bother asking that. Actually, find a one for each one of you. Connor, we'll start with you. Is KR the man to take us forward? Yes. Yes. Ben? Yes, but we need to see an improvement next season. Top six budget. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Ben. I think yes, still, but if we need we need at least one season under him where we don't start off absolutely terribly, don't we? So that <laughs> yeah. would be a good start. Yeah, yeah. Let's at least be like mid table after the first like ten games. That'd be nice. Yeah, not yeah. scrapping. Yeah, that's a very good point. I, I agree. There's no way the board the board wouldn't be looking to change him even if we were in the bottom bottom five. I think the way like his relationship is with them. Um, I do find it funny how he's referenced a three-year model for what seems like seven years. <laughs> it's still the three-year model. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I, d- I definitely think he's got to have a shot next year. Um, we'll see. Okay, right. That was quite a long pod. Got through loads of stuff. Hopefully people enjoyed it. Um, we'll probably be back in a week or two. Hopefully John. It's John's birthday actually today, isn't it? Crap. Yeah. Is oh, it? Happy yeah, birthday, it John. Is. We should put it at the beginning because no one's going to know it's his birthday because yeah. no one listens this far through. <laughs> what do people do with that information, though? It's only, it doesn't really matter to anyone else. Should we yeah, just give his, num- should we just give his number out? <laughs> yeah, but people are going to text true. him happy birthday several days after his birthday. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's a good point. To prove that people listen to the end, if you could message us on the pod account or message John Huddleston directly to wish him a happy birthday, that'd be really nice. That's going to be He's depressing currently having when no sleep. one wishes him happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Double birthday. No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't reckon John will even listen this far into the pod. So <laughs> nah, I reckon won't. we'll be all right. He won't. Uh, and hopefully, John, tell us if you do. And hopefully next time we're on, we'll have chat back. So it'll actually be some serious conversation instead of just us lot chatting rubbish. Yeah. 
He'll correct everything we've said. That's fine. I'll take it. Right. Uh, cheers as always. And see you next time. Thank you.